Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. Happy 100th episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. That's right. We are on episode 100, everybody. We just did a whole thing, like, not two episodes ago about how we've been doing this for two years. Sure did. And I knew we were going to do this. We were going to have this thing where we're like, oh, hey, uh, and also we have 100 episodes. (laughs) Anniversaries within anniversaries, man. So I figured what we talk about is some uh, is is the concept of hitting numerical milestones and why we do it, if it's important, and why we think it's important. That kind of thing. Yeah. Like we've hit a hundred episodes. It doesn't feel like a hundred episodes. It doesn't feel like a particularly special, magnet, like you know, incredible episode. It, it just feels like a good, like you know, we got to do another show. Here we go. Like that's why yeah. I chose. Just a topic where it's like, hey, let's talk about that whole philosophy itself. Um, but as comic book readers, we, sp- we we pay very close attention to numbers. Oh, yes. And, and especially now where it seems like both companies are rushing to hit major milestones. Big time. We are seeing a big insistence on milestones, numbering, legacy, that kind of thing. I mean, look at Marvel going back to the legacy numbering so that they can reach those milestones. Amazing Spider-Man hitting issue 100, 200, 800. Uh, And Action Comics going to 1,000. Yep. And the fact that DC is making it kind of a big deal. They're going, yes. they're homaging the first issue. They're they're pulling out an old Siegel Schuster Superman comic to reprint. Um, Love it. They're dropping the Rebirth logo around the same time. It's very interesting mm. how people tend to celebrate these milestones and where we go with them. By the way, as a quick aside, I was looking at that beautiful logo for Action Comics 1000. And it made me think about DC and the name and their rebranding, like their constant rebranding. It's just there's a very yeah. quick tangent where, you know, DC kept changing what they do and changing their logo and changing their <laughs> philosophies and everything. And, you know, DC stands for Detective Comics. Yes. So it's People actually, forget that. It's actually a redundancy. It's Detective Comics Comics. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, wouldn't it be cool if DC one day decided to change their name to Action Comics? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of like that idea that DC one day might be like, screw DC. We're going to get action. I think it's about 75 years too late. You think? I think that there's I think there's always time, especially in DC's case, because they always rebrand anyway. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but anyway, just a just a, just a, a, a peek into that kind of thought process. But I, I, I can see them maybe trying to change what the DC meant, where it's like, well, now we're direct comics or Discovery comics yeah, or something. Nope, it's not. But Action Comics, at least then it's like, woo, because it's not 
DC comics, they're not all detective, but they're all no. about the action. So, you know. Didn't, didn't KFC try and do something like that? Didn't they try and do a big rebranding instead of Kentucky Fried Chicken? They were like Kitchen Fresh Chicken and everyone was like, no. I thought that they did a thing where it was like, it used to be, it used to stand for Kentucky Fried Chicken and then they were like, we can't technically call what we make chicken. So <laughs> they just dropped the, the, the meaning of the letters and just, we're KFC. Like, we're, oh, what's the name of the company? It's K-A-Y-E-F-F, like S-E-E. We're KFC. <laughs> It is just the the, K, the the letter KFC represents just the name of the company. And it's like we, right. just like uh, when Nesquik used to be called Nestle Quick, and it was about uh, chocolate milk. And then they were like, "Oh, we don't use milk. It's actually technically a chocolate drink." And they changed <laughs> the name to reflect that. But uh, yeah, companies are weird. It's weird, but uh, reaching those milestones and and celebrating it, we love those milestones. We love celebrating those moments. We did. Uh, I remember when back issues hit 100, we were like, I guess we got to do Final Crisis. We did like one of the biggest books that people had been asking us to do. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just a solid episode, and it has no bearing on like the the longevity <laughs> of the series. Um, we didn't do anything particularly special besides just being there um, and saying, hey, we hit 100. Um, but in comics, it's funny how people choose to celebrate them and i remember going back and trying to kind of like absorb some of those eras i mean you know in in the through the lens of spider-man for example um you know spider-man hit a lot of milestones 200 300 i think 300 was when he got uh was the first appearance of venom more or less right you know 400 and may died uh 500 was the happy birthday issue where like Uncle Ben comes back, but they brought John Romita Jr. or John Romita to draw it. They 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 do these kind of special things, but um, the question is, does it really matter? And why do we care so much? Why do you think that people care so much about celebrating these 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 milestones? I like to think it's a connection to history. Honestly, it's the wow. We made it so much longer than everyone else. We could have, you know, stopped at any point, but we made it to this big, huge point. And now we have like a body of work that you could actually go back and absorb and everything. Hmm. Um, so you think it's more like a celebration of like of achievement where it's kind of rubbing it in the faces of those who can't quite reach <laughs> that level? Maybe, maybe not a rub in the face, but more like a pat on the back. Okay, okay. I mean, it is a good opportunity to reflect and congratulate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. I guess that's true. I guess that's really like the, the excuse to celebrate a milestone is because otherwise, you know, if, if, if they just picked like, you know, uh, Batman number 262... And they were like, this is the issue. We're going to talk about how awesome we are and how great yeah. it is that we're writing Batman. Like, it wouldn't really it would seem work. a little weird. It would seem a little weird. Um, I remember, with, again, through Spider-Man, when, like, I think Spider-Man hit, like, 50 years or something. They had, like, five different Spider-Titles, so they all celebrated, the t- like, the, the 50 years. And so they all got holographic covers, even though the issue numbers didn't line up with any kind of <laughs> celebration. It was kind of weird. Interesting. But uh, yeah, and but when they do that and it doesn't quite fit up with the with the milestone look, it's kind of weird. Mm. Um, I was thinking about when we do like numbering for these shows. Um, for some reason, people like to celebrate the seventy fifth issue as well. Yes. So what's that all about? <laughs> Like, no idea. Is that like a golden jubilee thing, or right? like is that an anniversary number? Or I like, don't what? know. Like, what's the what's the significance of seventy five? I remember uh, when Spider Man did three seventy five, and they went, "Hey, we're three seventy five. <laughs> and it was like, so 
And yet, mo- a lot of people do that. 50 I get, because it's half of 100, even though that right. doesn't... Still, again, it doesn't really mean much. Um, but it's interesting that we celebrate these numbers and that they... D- didn't in the new 52, they celebrated the 52nd issue, which obviously makes sense, because it's the 52 of 52 in the DC universe where 52 is so important. Yes, the number means something, and so when we hit that number, it matters. I remember when Gen 13, the ongoing series, <coughs> reached issue number 13... <laughs> And they did 13 variant covers. <laughs> and pff, weird. Uh, but I get it because, like, well, and, and in that, it's very arbitrary. It's very specifically about the number in your name. If we were. Yeah, we've got a number baked in, so why not? Yeah, if we were like Elseworlds 88, obviously the 88th ep- episode would have been, would have mattered in some way. Um, yes. Uh, Takaru reminded me about the 25th issue. Oh. 25. I. What are these numbers? Why do they mean anything? And why do we yeah, uh, twenty-five? So as Gerald is saying that I, he thinks that's the becoming just to justify price increases. Yeah, I think that is in recent years where it's like, oh well, that's kind of a landmark number. That's half of fifty, so let's charge a little bit more money for it. I, you think that's what it is? It's just that cynical. It's like, well, twenty-five, haha. I think it means. I think it's it's because it it shows it almost like we're thinking to ourselves like we're we're showing no signs of slowing down. Mm, I think that's what it should be, but I think we've gotten to the cynical point. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it certainly looks that way. Because, <laughs> like, some things do, like, oh, it's our big 25th issue. I'm like, what are you celebrating? Well, the first 24 issues weren't that great. No, and that's the other thing, is that if you go back and look at some of these landmark issues or the celebratory episodes where it's like we go back and we look at everything we've done and we create something here... Are they really any good? I was trying to think of this before we started, and I almost wish I could do a little bit more research, but I personally can't think of any big landmark anniversary 100, 200 issue that really sticks out in my mind. I think you named all the big ones with Spider-Man. Definitely the Spider-Man one, they at least try to go, like, make something important happen per those issues. But, (laughs) like, bless you, but uh, but Spider-Man number 100, meh. Spider-Man 200, meh. Like, the things that happen in them, meh. And really, when you try to force some measure of importance onto it, like, Mm. you go, well, we reached this arbitrary number. And nothing really was leading (laughs) towards that at this point, so I guess we'll just have to make it mean something, so make it matter. Like, it just becomes that much less important. I think for, like, the last couple, like, Detective Comics milestones, like, you know, uh, issue 800, issue 700 and everything, I think they even didn't even do anything special to the point where they were just, like, anthology tales where it's like, okay, let's, you know, tell a regular story, but let's get, like, three or four, you know, beloved Bat writers to come back and write a story. I think that's kind of the best and uh, most obvious solution for comics is just get some classic authors and artists and bring them back to have them do like a, you know, like a pinup cover gallery or something. Um, you know, maybe so-and-so doesn't want to write a whole issue or maybe we don't want to pay them to write a whole issue, but maybe (laughs) they'll do like a three page story. That's kind of like a really quick reminder about why they don't do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that's always a, oh, the chat has a good one too. Batman number 666 for Morrison when we saw like the crazy alternate Damien universe. And that was literally I I normally they don't give a crap about the 666 issue. But I mean, it but, only comes once. Well, that first of all, there aren't a lot of issues that did that. 
Um, and second of all, yeah, how often are you going to hit 666 when you can't just do something that, uh, that, that evokes the, the, the sign of the demon? You got to honor the number of the beast, man. Yeah. Uh, Silent Kid reminded me about Spawn 100. What happened in Spawn number 100? That was a landmark issue. And in fact, when Spawn hit 100, because I think McFarlane said something well into the earliest times of Spawn's publication that, like, he goes, I think we're going to probably wrap it up at Spawn 100. <laughs> and indeed he did. And I don't mean that Spawn ended, because obviously it's still going, but he wrapped up, like, he managed, because he he's been writing Spawn since issue one, um, yep. he managed to bring all the plot points that were raised in issue one to a head and wrap them up with a neat little bow at the end of issue 100. And while there wasn't, like, I don't even think it was a double-length issue... It was a landmark issue in that, like, it f- concluded the Spawn series for those people who have been reading Spawn since number one. It was it was a jumping off issue. We talk so much about jumping on issues that was like, hey, if you're here, you can leave now. Well, and that's the funny thing is like how afraid comic book creators are about doing that. I love jumping off issues because same. It it suggests, hey, maybe it's time to drop. Maybe it's time to stop and do something else. Like. Uh, and or at the very least, give you a satisfying conclusion to a story. I'm not necessarily. Judd Winnick quit. does that really well in his stuff. Who? Judd Winnick does that really uh, well in his stuff. Yeah, like I'm not necessarily going to quit the book just because it ended well. Um, but if I do, it'd be nice to have a good place to stop. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Uh, sorry, one second. Sorry. Yeah. So. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Uh, the chat was saying too, as far as a hundred issue goes, uh, Walking Dead had a very similar thing for mm-hmm. its hundredth issue, which again I think much like McFarlane, Kirkman was talking about ending it around one hundred, but then that sweet sweet TV show money started coming in, and then he's like, yeah. maybe I should keep this going longer than it needs to. Yeah, I could see, uh, I, I I could see Kirkman. Well, I mean, I, I've also read that Kirkman has said like, I'm never gonna end Walking Dead until literally very recently he decided not to. Yeah, he keeps changing his mind. Then again, you hear all like the legal stuff he's getting in with AMC and his new deal over at Amazon, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh well, this could happen any day now. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I was just thinking about how, yeah, oh, well, jumping off issues. Uh, that's what reminded me. There was an issue right after the Clone Saga. Um, I don't remember what the issue number it was, but I remember it actually had kind of like a. It either ended in a zero or a five. At least I think so. Right. And uh, it involved Spider-Man, kind of like. Going back to Aunt May's house and kind of like reflecting on his life with Mary Jane. There's, but by the way, no bullshit like flashbacks, no like old art that they revisited. All they did was just go like, you know what? I a lot. We've gone through a lot of crap, but let's just celebrate being alive. And so he. It's the Rocky Balboa moment. Yeah. So he and Mary Jane swing across the city. And uh, and then like end up at a, a bridge or a building. I don't remember. And then they just like embrace each other. And, like, that's, like, it's just a beautiful crescendo, and it's a great place to quit Spider-Man, especially after all that crap. But then, of <laughs> course, it ends with, like, some reference to Jack-O-Lantern, and you're like, uh-huh. god damn it. Like, it, there's a, there are a couple of things that remind you that, like, it's never gonna stop. <laughs> and I kind of like that idea, the idea of that. Like, I remember, um... The remember when Marvel was doing the the end series, and then they did yes. this crazy uh, Fantastic Four the end, 
And apparently they asked Stan Lee to do one, and he was like, <laughs> nah, I'm kind of... He never really responded. So they did this Fantastic Four, the end book. And then Stan goes, here you go, I finished my, my the end book for Fantastic Four. And they went, what? We did that years ago. It's over. And he's like, well, this I finished This is late, it. Stan. Yeah, so they they published it, and it was called The Last Fantastic Four Story as a way of being like, because we don't do the end anymore. No, of course not. And it ends, it's like the a big stupid thing where the Fantastic Four do this one thing and like whatever. And it looks like it's going to end. And it ends with them being like, well, I don't think we're ever going to top that adventure, so let's just... Let's just move on, and so they just they just go off into the stars, and you like believe that everything's going to be fine, and they're going to go on many more adventures. It's not not unlike, unlike how they're doing now. It's not unlike how they ended Secret Wars, where it's like people are complaining, like "Where are the Fantastic Four? It's like you know, you could do worse than the ending for the Fantastic Four, where they are a family that are ex- that at the base of their creation are explorers. And yeah. what they're doing now is they're exploring all, like, not just all of our creation, but all of every creation. Also, do you remember how bad Fantastic Four was before they ended it? Like, yeah. it was many, already it was already going the way of X-Men. It was already starting to suck due to lack of interest. Well, and how many reboots it did, it's just... Remember the red suits? Remember their red suits they had briefly? Yeah, yeah, that was an attempt, like, to visually distinguish we're doing something else. Um... But I, but I, I, we should not discount the the jumping off point for a book, and I like, I, I, I think it's frustrating that Western comics are so deathly <coughs> afraid of doing them, because like, oh yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I'm gonna, just because I'm jumping off of a book and I want a satisfying conclusion to something doesn't mean that I'm ever gonna quit forever. It's serial storytelling, man. It's like soap operas where it's like the story never ends, the drama never ends, right. The play never ends. The the, the trial never ends. Like it's just yeah. it's it it goes ever on. The, the movie never ends. It goes on and on and on. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I guess with with respect to our celebration of milestones, I think it's an inherent human condition where like we need these simply you know you see patterns. Even when there oh, yeah. aren't any, and you, you mm-hmm. see you, like conspiracy theories so popular because like the human brain has no choice but to create patterns and strings and references and connections where there aren't any. I think that we like it's seeing... a defense mechanism. Hmm. I said it's a defense mechanism to create patterns where there are none to try and make sense out of the chaos that is the universe. It's true, and I think that we like seeing good big round numbers. Absolutely. You know, some people would rather Especially have Especially as 50. nerds and geeks and collectors, you know, we like to know where will this go in my collection. Exactly, exactly. There's a way to quantify it. Uh, I mean, just in terms of our way, the way we place things in order, our, our Dewey Decimal System or alphabetical order. Like, uh, I was just I was just asked the other day by, uh, by an, an audience member who said something like, uh, where do you put the tie-ins when I'm placing my book you know like if i have a main series and then i put in the main book where do i put the tie-ins i put them in story order or do Mm. i put them in alphabetical order for their titles especially if i don't buy those books like if i don't normally buy the tie-in book do i put it in with this or do i put it in over there and uh and so it's like yeah no we we like our patterns and our and our order and our numerical systems and so we really do you know when we hit that critical episode or issue 365 or 75 or or 82 or 55 or whatever the hell we really like to put some kind of special importance on them maybe because of how unimportant it is (laughs) 
Possibly. The, the chat just reminded me of a great one, and I'm shocked I didn't think of this one. The 100th episode of Power Rangers was Forever Red, where they got back almost every Red Ranger for a big, crazy-ass crossover. <laughs> now, here's a question. Was that Did they lead up to that? Was episode 99 like, whoa, or was it like... No. It was just compl- they hit episode 100, and they're like, hey, guess what? Boom! They drop you right into it. They're like, hey, 100th episode, special episode. They wanted it to be a two-parter, but they couldn't get the money together. They wanted it to be like a TV movie, but they couldn't get the money together. They eventually ended up having to take even more money for the toy company, which is why they have a deus ex machina toy save the day at the end. It's still pretty friggin' sweet, though, up until that moment. Like, they they made lemonade out of lemons in that one. <laughs> I guess that's that's fair. We, we, we do like to have some kind of cool, bombastic celebration. Um, we like to be reminded that it mattered and that other people were paying attention, too, to everything that led up to that moment. Yeah, because if you reach, like, episode or issue 100, you know, you're... Things are happening within the time frame or the issue frame, and so for it to culminate in like everything that or every red character that appeared from beginning to now, it's a way of saying like we're showing respect to all that came before. Yeah. Um, do you prefer an, a wholly original story in your like milestone episodes, issues, etc., or do you prefer it to be kind of like a like a clip show look back retrospective? Uh. There's definitely a good case to be made for both. I mean, as we said before, it seems that most of those Detective Comics ones were all anthology stories, were all look backs. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of one that was like a big landmark issue that was a standalone story even. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to think what it seems like most big landmark issues are look back, nostalgia, fest, just by design. Yeah, no, it's true. Hmm. I think I prefer wholly original stories. I think I'd like it to be like something all by like all by itself, where it's like, "Hey, do you remember that one issue where this crazy crap happened?" Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, what are some of your favorite milestones? <laughs> Tevi actually just reminded me of a milestone that sucked. Uh, Bendis's big X Men milestone that came out like months late. It was supposed to be the capper on his X-Men run that did fucking nothing and oh, got swept under the rug like a week later. I do not remember that. They, they had the whole big thing there where it's like, no, he'd been writing the book for like three years and everyone is like, they call Beast into the parlor and they're like, Beast, you know, over these last three months, we really don't like what you've been doing with the time travel. Like, that was three months? These three years have only been three months? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? And Beast is like, you motherfuckers coming at me like this. And I'm like, no, Beast is wrong, but I do agree with Beast on this one. You are kind of ambushing him here. And then they're like, oh no, Scott's mutant revolution is happening that he's been threatening for the last three years. Only it was nothing. It was him oh, on a podium. The Capitol building? Doing nothing. And they're like, oh, and his revolution came after all. I'm like, he isn't the fucking Grinch who saved Christmas, everybody. <laughs> and he was already dead by this point because the big anniversary issue came out like months late. That's right. I remember that now. Okay. And nothing mattered and none of it mattered. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, so what are some of your favorite moments that are like, wow, we hit this milestone besides Red Rangers? There you go. Uh, I think Deadpool had a really good – I don't even know if it was like a milestone or if it was his wedding issue, mm-hmm. which might have been a milestone issue too, I think. I think it fell on both because mm. I remember it was back when they weren't numbering it, but just for that one moment they brought back the special numbering. 
Okay. Actually, no, wait. Yes, actually, no, sorry. That was two. I'm getting too confused. There was the wedding issue that was filled with a bunch of great backup stories from like Jimmy Palmiotti and like a bunch of people who had written Deadpool previously. No, the anniversary issue is where, uh, what is it, where he kills all the different agents of Ultimatum to protect his daughter and everything. And that's actually a story they were building up to. It's a story they were going to hit anyway. It was organic. And it's also a pretty good jumping off point for Deadpool at that point. Okay, cool. I don't know if it was like Deadpool a thousand or eight hundred. What fucking was about. it? Um, oh God, what was it? Because because like even even their numbering was a little fucked up. There, it's like yeah, we're counting all the Deadpool's, but also all the miniseries and also everything else that maybe might or might not be in canon. Mm-hmm. So oh. it was like their manufactured a thousandth issue, but it was actually really good. That seems to be what Marvel's doing with the Marvel Legacy numbering too. Well, it's funny. They're not even doing... Oh, thank you. It was Deadpool 250 is what they're saying. All right, cool. So, yes, Deadpool 250, actually a genuinely pretty solid anniversary issue. Actually, one that bucks a lot of trends as far as anniversary issues go. Mm. Um, I gotta say, uh, you know, again, with Spider-Man, like, the fact that Venom debuts in basically 300, uh, Ant-May dying in issue 400, and that kind of... Were, it, it they you could tell they forced it though, where it's like, Aunt May literally has been in a coma the entire Clone mm-hmm. Saga, and then when we finally reach issue four hundred, they're like, and she wakes up and knows that he's Spider Man and dies, and what? we're like, wow, that was a lot Ouch. to unpack in this one issue, but it felt like it worked because I had nothing better to compare it to, but it was still pretty solid, like pretty cool, uh, pretty solid cool stuff. Um, I was just thinking about the hundredth. The 127th episode of Spectacular of the Simpsons. Ooh, yeah, that was and fun. How it was just like they just picked a random number. They were like, ah, 127, whatever. And they Why did not? that as like a way to show you deleted scenes and like previously unseen for many years. Tracy Ullman's sh- uh, sketches. Pull uh, back the curtain. And make like a lot of uh, original content that looked like it was letters and stuff. Um, that was a really, really fun episode and kind of technically counts as the 100th episode. Because the actual 100th episode of The Simpsons was, I think, Marge Be Not Proud, where Bart steals Bonestorm from the Triad yes. save, and Lawrence Tierney plays the the guy who's like, if I want to smoke blown up my ass, I'd be outside in my house with a carton of cigarettes and a short length of hose. What? Um, but, <laughs> it better uh, be talking about the Valley of Vista Triad save, because you don't want to come to my store. Yeah, it's, it's a solid episode has no bearing on the numerical points. It's not, like, a big deal. It's just kind of, like, a good episode. It's just a good episode. Yeah. And that's the kind of good thing Good Christmas that I episode, always... too. What was that? I said good Christmas episode, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good Christmas episode, too. You're right. Um, but I really, really don't... Um, I really prefer to have my milestones be organically uh, just, just, just good. You know, like, yeah. just make it a good book. I mean, like, overall, I just want all my comics to be good, but, like, anything that comes out, an episode or an issue or whatever, like, maybe don't focus so much on the number and just focus on the 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 content, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> there yeah. it is. No, I was just thinking, I was thinking on what you were saying, like, your words were really resonating with me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing, like, everybody wants to... I remember, uh, I can't honestly... Oh, Batman 500 was when the, mm. the, the back got broken. That worked. Right. I think that was... They were leading up to that, and I think they kind of knew it. 
I almost want to say that Batman Nightfall was kind of engineered because they knew they were getting a 500 <laughs> issue and they were like, we better do something special for 500. Big. I know we'll get rid of Batman. <laughs> Why not? In Superman 75, we killed him. What, uh, what, what was the big Spider-Man lead up before we hit superior? That was a big milestone issue. Yeah, that wasn't was, it? That was uh 700. Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think it was 700 where we, we killed Superman or we killed Spider-Man kind of. Yeah, yeah. I guess that was another instance of okay, we're hitting a milestone issue anyway. Better have something good to go with it. Yeah, in that in that case, I think Slot was also building towards it, and I think he knew it, and I think and that really worked. It was, that, by the way, solid time to end Amazing Spider-Man. If you're going to mm. switch it over to Superior, is on a zero, like on a seven hundred, mm-hmm, and that's something mm-hmm. that normally they don't do, and because they can't really coordinate it as such, but where it's like. If you're gonna, because if they, because first they cancel all the spider titles, they fold them into Amazing. Then they're like, okay, Amazing is gonna go up to 700, and then we're going to start a new series. Start that's just gonna replace the book. It's basically just Amazing Spider-Man, but we're calling it something else. And that was Superior Spider-Man. Great idea to end it on 700 because then oh, yeah. when you bring it back, you can start at 701, and it's not as frustrating and confusing for us. Because that's something which we, they didn't, which they didn't, and damn it! And let me tell you, like, well, then they started with one, and then one again, and oh my god, um, multiple then, ones. But hey, today we're back at seven, eight, nine, and I don't even know what the hell. Like, I and don't tell me that like Dan Slott tweeted a photo of his refrigerator that had all the fucking numbers in it this because is... that's not good. Like, that's garbage. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh. But they built towards it, and it's a cool way to celebrate the milestone. It was also kind of a nostalgia piece, too, because we get the moment where Peter Parker is quote-unquote dying, and his life flashes before his eyes, and he sees his uncle, and he sees everyone else at the pearly gates and shit. Yeah, no, that was cool. It was a solid issue. Um, It's just sad that it had to, I don't know, it it kind of, 600 was where I was like, I think think I'm done. Because 600 was just he fights... He, uh, Aunt May marries this random character they invented for her to marry, mm. and then uh, he fights Doc Ock, and you're like, what? Mm-mm. It's just a weak, weak issue. Uh, and the be- the harbinger of Alex Ross painting every single Spider-Man cover forever and completely diluting his brand. Aww. And that really blows. Um, so yeah, uh... <laughs> I guess, yeah, uh, it, it's rare, but it's cool when they know it's coming. And they're like, let's plan for it. Mm. Make it matter. Yeah. Uh, but for, mo- for the most part, like this episode in and of itself, uh, it just kind of sneaks up on you. You go, oh, it shit. It does. I'm sure that does happen to many creators. They're like, oh, well, fuck, I was writing my own shit. And goddamn, really, I'm hitting a big milestone issue? God damn it. Yeah, no. I feel like Wolverine is a casualty of that a lot. Um Although I think, what was it, Wolverine 75 is when he gets his adamantium pulled out of his skeleton. Ah, right. Something to that effect. But, like, but back then in the 90s, they were really focusing on, like, like making, uh, on, on capitalizing on your nostalgia, which, of right. course, which is nothing like today. Uh, no, no, like, no, no. <laughs> no how, how far we've come. Yeah, like, so, oh, uh, very much. Superman fact. dies in a 75, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, Superman 75, he dies in that one, too. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. 
And of course, uh, yeah, they uh, they reminded me in the chat, like, it, when in doubt, if you have no good content, just give it a cool foil, chrome, holographic <laughs> cover or something. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so milestones are weird and funny, and they're rarely good. You know, like, celebrating them is something that we, I think, want to do as people, but I think it's hard to make into decent, organically good content. Mm. I, think it's, I think it's rough. Uh, number ones are easy, but, like, when you get to the when you get to the anniversaries, like, 75, 150, and then, of course, they engineer them. One, I've seen I've seen the celebrate issues 125 or, mm. you know, one thir- or, or 175 or 375. Like... At that point, when you're at like 375, how about you just how about you just skip to the hundreds? Don't because mm-hmm. what are we gonna celebrate issue like 525? Is that a thing? Like doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, it's funny we've been talking about milestones for so long here. I did did milestone the comic company ever have any big milestone issues? Right? I don't think they even I don't think they were they were around long enough to reach that level. I think that milestone was just. The milestone was that they were published. Ain't that the sad truth? <laughs> but hey, but hey, coming back now is a full imprint. That's a story I've been following quite, uh, quite religiously. Yeah, yeah. Did Did you notice it was kind of weird when they announced it's like, hey, we're getting Icon and Rocket, and you're getting Static and a bunch of new books, almost like we don't have the rights to everything else. Yeah, I mean, or they relinquished the rights. You know. I don't that know what you the, think is. Hey, that lawsuit is still ongoing. They they didn't say the lawsuit was over. So like this, no. this is still happening. No, that's true. By the way, correction: I was wrong about the episode of The Simpsons. It was Sweet Seymour's badass song, which is an again fantastic episode, and still not a milestone. Still just like here's a good episode of The Simpsons. Enjoy. Yeah. But uh, anyway, just a correction there. Um, chat uh, chat saying too apparently Teen Titans Go has already hit 200 episodes really did they do uh, and Teen Titans Go wouldn't put it past them to do something we're like we hit 200 episodes let's throw each let's throw a pie in each other's faces oops the pie is made of poop ha 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 like I'm a garbage program I don't know f- I, fuck you internet we're also getting a movie yeah by the way did anybody see the uh, My Little Pony movie <laughs> Friggin' Liev Shriver is in it. I found that out. Apparently his kids are huge fans of the show, and he's, like, the evil villain in it. You know what? Uh, that's a sad story, because uh, both Martin Sheen being in Spawn and Tommy Lee Jones being in Batman Forever are the result of, my kids like this. <laughs> Literally, my, Martin Sheen got the offer. He's like, no. And then somebody, one of the kids, not his kids, but, like, probably, you know, one of the other Sheen's kids... We're like, are you kidding me? You got to be in Spawn. You're gonna get to be in Spawn. You should do it. And he's like, okay. All right. I'll be the best part of this turd sandwich. <laughs> I can do it. This is the worst. Um, but yeah, Raul Julian Street Fighter, same deal. That's that it. too. And the, the best part of that movie, also Bison Dollars. Yeah, at least he didn't. At least he died making a movie instead of yeah. not being in anything. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I actually planned out this episode to be kind of like short, like we talked about, like with our mini episodes, so that we'd wrap it up by just talking about New York Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, go for it. There's, there, there is much you still need to tell me. I yeah, unfortunately wanted, yeah, couldn't make it. Yeah, what do you want to know? You said you wanted to ask me some questions and whatnot. Yeah, what? We'd turn it into a little back and forth. 
Yeah, what uh, what'd you do? What'd you see? Did you run into any celebrities on the street as we did last year? Did we run into celebrities on the street? Yes, uh, but we didn't talk to them again. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Ben bumped into Max Landis last year. We saw somebody last. We saw somebody in the street. I don't remember who it was because somebody bumped into them. Um, we did see Steve Zaragoza on the floor, who was nice. walking around. Um, I don't know if that counts anymore if he's a celebrity, but like it was nice <laughs> to see him, um, and that was cool. Uh, but no, we didn't really we didn't see any celebrities out in the wild. Although uh, Benny and Rob did uh, catch up with Ethan Van Skyver and mm. walked him all the way to wherever he was going. So interesting, and got a whole bunch of spoilers. <laughs> oh, hot damn! Um, but uh, but that was the thing. Uh, let's see. And uh, and I got to meet Mark Hamill, which was kind of cool, but not, uh, you know, not uh, in per- you know, not in the wild. But you got to see him. That's cool. I still have a Killing Joke poster, and even though that movie sucked, I would have liked him to sign it. Yeah, I would have him sign it just in like out of respect for what I would have wanted him to have done. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's pretty fair. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So what else is going on? Um, yeah. What else happened? We, we had a great time. I will say, um, this was one of the most successful cons I've had so far. Um, it was a really, really terrific professional show. Uh, I, we went all four days, Thursday through Sunday. And let me tell you something. Um, everybody else is tired. Like from oh, yeah. the experience, I am re- I, I am invigorated. I love going to that show, and I am never sick of it. And I can literally go. I can drive an hour, get into the city, walk from like nine a.m. all the way to like eight p.m. and have a freaking blast doing it. And then get like six hours of sleep and do it again. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. Like I love that show, and I love doing this. And let me tell you, like I used to do the New York Comic Con from two thousand six up till now, and every time that I've done it I've loved it and having gone as like a uh, like a civilian and then as a as a professional like it's only getting better and better Mm, yeah yeah it seemed really freaking cool just all the pictures did you see the guy who was dressed up as the convention center yes i did i did he was he took up like the whole middle of the main entryway and uh i remember being like what the crap is this asshole doing and then i saw him i'm like oh cool you're the javits that's fun but that's that's like i don't know if it's worth a subway ride dressed as the javits i just thought it was Mm. kind of fun it was a cool idea be Um, rough but i did see him (laughs) Yes. Did uh did you make it out to any of the panels there? I know had I gone, I really wanted to go to the comic book med one because they were having it not in the convention center, but they were having it in the Hammerstein Ballroom, which I wanted to visit anyway. I really wanted to go, and I was hoping that I could pull in a couple of my connections to get me there. I was so busy. I just by the time I noticed anything I wanted to do that was re- that was panel related, I was it was it was over. It was long oh. over. So no, I did get to I did hang out with the comic book men for a little while because they were set up at my at the booth that I was set up at. Right, and, Blue Juice, uh, Blue Juice Comics, super uh, great guys. Check them out; they're really fun. Did, did they have hot sauce this year, or was that only in years previous? Only last year, they did not Dang. have hot sauce this time. But uh, they were debuting Walt Flanagan's own comic. Um, but it was nice to run into them again, and I'll be on. You'll see me over there. Uh, they just got a new studio like us, so. Uh, I'll be over there recording something with them, hopefully in the next week or so, hmm. and uh, hopefully in the next like month or in the next, let's say six months, we'll have them come here and shoot something. 
feels it feels like every con I go with you and hang out with, I always run into Ming or someone, and they're so nice, those guys. Yeah, Ming's super cool. He actually, we bumped into him in Emerald City uh, along with Joel, and uh, we remembered that, and he was like, we should have done something that day. We really and I was should. like, I know, we completely freaking dropped the ball on that. It was funnier, too, because it's like Stan Lee was in the little alcove over there. Never did we think to say, hey, can we meet Stan? Yeah, can we poke around? Uh, no, we did not do that. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's a great show. I love going. Um, if you have, like, plans, if you have a place to stay, and if you have, like, time and money to burn, I definitely recommend it. I like it. Like, I like that sh- I like going to that show more than I like the idea of San Diego. Like, because it's such a mess and a, and a nightmare. Trying to get a room out there yeah. is a crazy is, is a crazy mess, and uh, you know the fact that I don't have to do that and I could just drive in is freaking amazing. And they jack up their prices too, hotels and airlines when in and around that because they know they got people over a pork barrel and they know they're gonna have to pay it if they want it. Yeah, they, they do it in New York too, but like you could always stay in Hoboken or like any number of the five boroughs, and you just have to hop on a train and you're there. Um, or you could just, you know, you know, stay with me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. My first time when I went to New York there, I totally had the image in my head of, uh, Homer Simpson when he went to New York where it's like, oh no, I'm going to get chased by a pimp and a seagull's going to take my pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fall down an empty manhole. <laughs> I know. You said you were going to go to the, uh, to, to Coney Island and you did not go. That's on my – there were so many places. Like I really would need to spend two weeks. I want to go to Coney. I want to go to uh, Rockefeller Plaza. Yeah. We could have easily taken you there. That would have been no problem. You know what was super sick actually about like uh, New York TV there? Like the public access channels and shit like yeah. in the city were like playing like really awesome stand-up comedy like from the local comedy clubs and stuff. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's really good because like I'm a big fan of like Just for Laughs and Comedy at Club 54 and all these other like comedy institutions that got like TV deals and shit. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is where it's happening in the city and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, it's the, <coughs> it's the uh, comedy epicenter of, uh, of the United States, definitely. It's where people go to make it. It's true. Um what's it called uh what else did we do um because i don't want to i don't want to go too far but like uh oh i met jerry conway from uh, oh nice and he was super nice very nice he seems nice he's like uh comics nice grandpa yeah i got a picture with him and he signed my uh superman spider-man book sweet um but uh yeah uh let's see did did you ask him about renew your vows i told him i loved renew your vows and he was like yeah and he was and he was i was like i know you're not doing the book anymore he's like that's right yeah. And Aww. it seemed to suggest that he wasn't like that. Maybe he didn't choose to leave, or maybe mm-hmm. that he didn't like writing it. I don't know. But in one case or another, he was he seemed kind of like, yeah, too bad about that book. And I don't know. That's a heartbreaker. I think Jody. Hall, I didn't. I think Jody Howe is going to do a nice job of the book, though. Um, Mr. Giggles from the super chat says, "Joel, I live by Coney Island. What? What? Or that makes a lot of sense. Mr. Giggles lives by Coney Island. It's true. <laughs> That's too perfect, actually. Yeah." Um, let's see. We we uh, we had a lot of awesome times. We uh, we had we had dinner a bunch of times, which is super great. Uh, yeah. What uh, what did you eat in the city? Because I know when I went to New York, everything was delicious, and yeah. there's food on the corner. We had uh, Korean barbecue. We had American whiskey. We had uh, that American oh, whiskey place was kick ass. It was. We had it again. We went to uh, oh Manjanaro's uh, deli or. Uh, Sand, hot sandwich. I don't remember what it's called, but I really love Manjanaro's. I've been going there since 2006, and I will not stop going because <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, yeah, uh, 
it was it was just a great show, just a really awesome time. Um, and of course, I also want to take this opportunity to say, hey, we had a signing at Blue Juice, uh, which I've, I pro- I promoted as much as humanly possible. We sold these terrific posters. We sold a bunch of these. So hopefully, there's a lot of members of the population who have this in their homes and/or offices. Um, nice. We had a great time. Uh, we met a lot of amazing people. Uh, people gave us things like uh, <laughs> handmade objects. Uh, we got these great little like pins here. They're foam of the logo. Uh, we got books and, and and so forth. We got a lot of um, like amazing things, and we had most importantly we had really really awesome interactions with everybody. Um, yeah. Overall, we just met like met really really terrific people. Um, That's nice. Which was super cool. And the line was outrageous. I was like, wow, there are people here to see us. I can't imagine that. Um, You're blowing up. Yeah. (laughs) But it rocked. Um, There's there's a lot of comic pop groundswell happening. I hope so. You know, that'd be very nice. Um, But we'll see see where it goes next year. I'm I'm very excited. Oh, we also, uh, Tiff and I got a chance to be on the DC uh, All Access channel, which was I saw that. We uh we we played we beat we played beat the doomsday clock with uh with assorted DC trivia, um both Tiffany and I beat Kid Flash, <laughs> Tiffany beat me in time, um yeah, by the way she beat me by like a good long like amount of time but it was mostly because she got the Batman category. That was that was fun. I saw that clip because people were sharing it around and stuff. That I'm like, oh, is this one of those situations where where Jason pretends not to know? It's like, how about you, random people I picked from the crowd? <laughs> no, we've bit. never met each other before. It was a little bit of that. I mean, you know, he he was like, you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. He's like, come by the booth sometime. And I'm like, okay. So we did. It was like the Simpsons bit with the tonic there. Hey, wait a minute. They have a pre-existing relationship. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That was cool. The DC area is always amazing. It's, it yeah. is, they're smart. They have like a big wall of cool stuff they want you to see. They have their creators doing the lot, uh, doing like meetings and signings over on one side. They have, uh, their their DC All Access like uh, live stream stuff going on the other side. But it's all just like a wall. And so if you go over there, you can see like if you go over there, there's a lot fewer people in one like location and so if you want to do like a meetup like we did last year or if you want to like just bump into really cool people who like remember who know yeah. you like or if you want to like have a good landmark it's a terrific location nice yeah that was really cool now i'm kicking myself even harder i couldn't make it next year <laughs> yeah. next year in jerusalem right <laughs> uh, no it, was, it rocked man I had, a, I had a terrific time um and uh, we also worked out a nice little sponsorship. If you watch this episode of Off the Rack, we uh, we, were, we met up with a, a great unbox or box group who make things themselves. And Tell I, me more. Yeah, and I really like them. Uh, they let me pull them up. They they basically they produce their own stuff. They have like an amazing Nickelodeon blind box um, where uh, it's it's just stuff they made. Like they make like they have a custom like vinyl uh, Reptar. They make. The, nice. the the doll that Angelica has. I don't remember what the hell she was called, but like oh, the not Malibu Stacy, but yes, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was under the world's finest collection. These guys are friggin' uh, Culture Fly. If you go to Culture Fly, Culture Fly, these guys are I am great. bookmarking them. Yeah, they they do some awesome stuff, and uh, and they make everything. That's the best part is that they actually make the stuff that that's uh, pretty unique. It's in the box. It's not just like they subcontract from some other person 
Um, That's really cool because, you know, we live in a day and age where it feels like a new box company starts like every week and like in a month, some of them don't make it. These guys seem like they're going to make it. I hope so, man. Alex, no. Yeah, thank you. It's Cynthia. Um, That's the one. But yeah, um, that was that. They're they're super cool. And maybe if we sell enough boxes and we show that the audience likes it, we can have a comic pop box. Oh, shit. The comic pop box. And that would be that'd be a dream come true because, you know. He, what would was, what would be in the comic pop box? Uh, a vinyl figure of all of us on the couch. Um, I actually want to throw that out to you guys. I want to know what would be in a comic pop blind box, or at least just one special box. I don't. We wouldn't be able to do it every month, but like maybe just one box, one time. What would be in it? Maybe a poster for. Uh, um, maybe a, maybe a poster for getting physical with Ethan or something like you know you some go. kind of thing i don't know but I, I'll, I'll leave it up to the audience let us know in the comment section down below what would go in a comic pop box what would you that's want? a good one what would you want to see in a comic pop box i'm very curious about that and of course if you uh, want to show your love you can go visit culture fly and help them out but uh, i I, th- I think you would need a little hooker knife for stabbing batman is what you would need to put in there naturally yeah maybe a sock puppet tiffany um, oh there you go knife yeah uh we'll call it an unboxing knife but you'll ah. you'll know what it is You'll all know. <laughs> Something Jizzler related? Oh. No. We still haven't even made that, fi- that, that, uh, we haven't even made that shirt, and it's easy <laughs> enough to make. Um, but yeah, hey, thanks a lot for hanging out with us in this episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Next time, uh, Joel's a great list of stuff that we got from our, uh, last episode that we, uh, He's- could definitely talk about for an hour, and I'm really excited to jump into them. So uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us, of course. What's happening over on Cape Joel that everybody can be excited to check out? Well, if you head on over there, uh, I uploaded the newest episode of the Comic Multiverse. Uh, Me and Matt, that show, we've gone video, which is kind of a milestone in and of itself. My phone is ringing, but don't listen to it. It's just telemarketers. They always call around this time. No, I don't want my ducks cleaned. I live in a condo. I don't even have ducts. It's not up to me. I do uh, like my having my ducts cleaned, by the way. We got a call once, and I was like, you know what? I kind of do. And they did, and it was amazing. It's it's a crazy scam here in Canada, actually, because it's always some bullpen in another country talking about it like it's a real thing, and they pop up so quick, uh, the CRT or whatever can't actually crack down on them. Boo. Yeah, it's a real problem. But yes, they, oh, hey, they, they shut the fuck up. They heard yeah. us. Good. But yeah, if you head on over to my channel, Comic Multiverse, we've gone video now. People are really starting to enjoy that. We talk a bunch of the hot news from New York Comic Con that I couldn't attend. It didn't feel jealous at all about. Oh, cool. uh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, I'm even sicker in that one, too, because we recorded that one Sunday when I was at the height of my sickness. Mm, yes. So if you want to see me die on camera for an hour, please go watch that. Oh, uh, also, cool. Talking about milestones, my channel hit 15K this week, so thank you, everyone. Congratulations, man. Feels really good, and, you know, I definitely owe it to, you know, doing shows like these to help, you know, get my message out there, get my brand out, for which I am ever uh, grateful for Sal for this collaboration. I'm thankful for all the comic pop fans who crossed on over and became Cape Joel fans, too. Yeah, totally. I like that. Um, you give me you give me life, you heal me. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. Here's to another 15,000 more. Thank you. And here's to uh, another 100 for this show, too. Yeah, right? Uh, that, yeah. Here's to another 100 episodes of the Elseworlds Exchange. Where, where will we be in another 100 episodes? Will we have flying cars? Uh, no. <laughs> will we have lace-up Nikes? <laughs> oh, with power laces? That We can mm. only hope. That would be very nice. 
That's the dream. But, uh, hey, thanks a lot for hanging out with us, and we'll see you guys next week with an all-new episode. Of course, Joel, feel better. Get well soon. Thank you. And we'll uh, see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>